Greetings. Thank you all for returning. We extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. I am Pastor John, welcoming our global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word, thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please note, last week we had trouble uploading our podcast to our home site, Pinecast. It was not until late Monday, February 5th, that we found a resolution to the upload problem. Pinecast's support was very helpful as always. Our thanks to them for working out a very difficult issue. We apologize for the inconvenience this caused. We also suffered an outage on Coffee Club social media. Again, an issue beyond our control to fix. As a result, we will post all updates, updates to problems, and of course, our weekly episode to Mumblet social media. A link to our Mumblet account is listed in our show notes. Also, a link that takes you to media posts is available there too, in case you don't want to see all of our posts. A login is not required on Mumblet to view our Mumblet postings. A link to our episode notes will take you there in one click. Again, we apologize for last week's inconvenience. May you all be blessed of God. Last week, we learned Abraham clearly understood his advanced age of 100 years, Sarah 90 years of age, more than well past childbearing years. Then God says Abraham's children will be as countless as the stars that Abraham saw in the night sky. We also learned from verse 18, against hope, Abraham believed in hope, with the result that he became the father of many nations according to the pronouncement, so will your descendants be. There are two things we want to note. From this verse. First, against hope, Abraham believed in hope. That almost sounds like a contradiction. Secondly, he didn't stop at any impossibility for man. His faith looked up to God because what is impossible with men is possible with God. Abraham clearly understood this. Do we understand it as well? When something is humanly impossible, or at the least thought to be impossible, Abraham's faith looked up to God. Further, we learned there are times when our human reasoning comes to its wit's end. The problem we face seems beyond what we know how to solve and or are capable to achieve to a solution. This is an age-old problem that still... To find out more, listen to our previous episode titled The Illustration of Justification, Part 5, posted on February 4th. This week, our study is titled The Illustration of Justification, Part 6. We finished this series 
with the last three verses. Our scripture reads, But the statement, it was credited to him, was not written only for Abraham's sake, but also for our sake, to whom it will be credited, those who believe in the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was given over because of our transgressions and was raised for the sake of our justification. From Romans chapter 4, verses 23 through 25. Notice verse 23, which is the first half of a fuller sentence in my Bible. But the statement, it was credited to him, was not written only for Abraham's sake. Not only for Abraham's sake? What is that telling us? Imputed, reckoned, accounted. He, Abraham, was regarded and treated as the friend of God. The record of this extraordinary faith was not made on his account only, but it was made to show the way in which men may be regarded and treated as righteous by God. If Abraham was so regarded and treated, then, on the same principle, all others may be. God has but one mode of justifying men. From Barnes, New Testament Notes. Note what Mr. Barnes said at the very end of his comments. God has but one mode of justifying men. This means, whether Jew or Gentile, whether male or female, God has but one mode of justifying men and women. Remember, the usage of the word men in this way is indicative of both men and women or mankind. I have identified them for clarity. We should also note, the record of this extraordinary faith was not made on his account only, but it was made to show the way in which men may be regarded and treated as righteous by God. Specifically, we want to note God's single mode of justifying men and women, mankind, or simply man, was made to show the way in which men may be regarded and treated as righteous by God. Clearly, all we need is faith in God and to be saved from sin by Him. It really is that simple whether you believe that or not. What is written in the Scriptures was written for the instruction of men, not only of that age, but of all ages. They are given by inspiration and all profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. They should therefore be studied by all who have them, and should be sent to all the destitute, that they may be led to believe on Christ, and thus obtain eternal life. From Family Bible Notes from the Nazarene Users Group Notice that 
what is written in the scriptures was written for the instruction of men. Now, notice the close of this sentence. Not only of that age, but of all ages. Notice, there is no specification as to when this should end. Should it end with the current generation? Should it end sometime after this was written? At a point when it may be deemed no longer relevant because of the passing of time? Personally, I believe this has no immediate end or predetermined end in this life. It will end when the age or ages are written in stone, so to speak. Meaning, this age or time has now passed because a new age or time has been started by the dramatic changes that occur after the tribulation period ends. We find also that they are given by inspiration and are all profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. As a result, they should therefore be studied by all who have them and should be sent to all the destitute that they may be led to believe in Christ and thus obtain eternal life. This is the major point that was being stressed among the Jews. In the Jewish community of the day, in our scripture passage, circumcision was a very important thing. However, what was being stressed to them is the fact that they should believe on Christ and thus obtain eternal life. This is irrespective of the importance or the lack of importance of circumcision. This is the whole point of this passage. Verse 24 continues. The sentence started in verse 23. It reads, But also for our sake, to whom it will be credited, those who believe in the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. But also for our sake, but for us also. For our use, compare 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, that we might have an example of the way in which men may be accepted of God. It is recorded for our encouragement and imitation to show that we may in a similar manner be accepted and saved. From Barnes, New Testament Notes. Our reference verse reads, These things happened to them as examples and were written for our instruction on whom the ends of the ages have come. From 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. Notice further, the same word which is used in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6. This verse is a repetition of the admonition contained in that verse in order to impress it more deeply on the memory. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6. The sense is, not that these things took place simply and solely to be examples or admonitions, but that their occurrence illustrated great principles 
of human nature and the divine government. They showed the weakness of men and their liability to fall into sin and their need of the divine protection. And they might thus be used for the admonition of succeeding generations. They are written for our admonition. They are recorded in the writings of Moses in order that we and all others might be admonished not to confide in our own strength. The admonition did not pertain merely to the Corinthians, but had an equal applicability to Christians in all ages of the world. From Barnes, New Testament Notes. Notice where this takes place with regard to time. It had equal applicability to Christians in all ages of the world. This means our initial statement was correct with regard to how we should understand this with regard to time. It has equal applicability to Christians in all ages of the world. For, as I said earlier, personally, I believe this has no immediate end in this life. It will end when the age or ages are written in stone, so to speak, meaning this age or time has now passed because a new age or time has been started by the dramatic change that occurs after the tribulation period ends. Further, this commentary passage that this verse was referenced from said three things we need to look at more closely. I have added the present tense since these comments also pertain to us. 1. They, us, showed, shows the weakness of men. 2. Their, our, liability to fall into sin. 3. Their, our, need of the divine protection. While these comments are true of these who are written about in this passage, these three comments are very true of us today. We show weakness, liability to fall into sin, and our need of divine protection from the very sure punishment of sinning, as well as the results of sinning that may leave long-lasting issues. Further, they are written for our admonition. The admonition did not pertain merely to the Corinthians, but had an equal applicability to Christians in all ages of the world. All ages of the world means, simply put, throughout the passing of time until the age or ages close because a new thing is being started by God, thus introducing a new age or time. I have repeated this several times in a few different ways because I really want you to understand this. I know so many people who do not understand this. Moving forward, Abraham showed his faith to God by believing just what God revealed to him. This was his faith, and it might be as strong and implicit as could be exercised under the fullest revelation. Faith, now 
is belief in God just as far as he has revealed his will to us. It is therefore the same in principle, though it may have reference to different objects. It is confidence in the same God according to what we know of his will. Abraham showed his faith mainly in confiding in the promises of God respecting a numerous prosperity. This was the leading truth made known to him, and this he believed. The main or leading truths that God had made known to us are that he has given his son to die, that he has raised him up, and that through him he is ready to pardon. To put confidence in these truths is to believe now. Doing this, we believe in the same God that Abraham did. We evince the same spirit and thus show that we are the friends of the same God and may be treated in the same manner. This is faith under the gospel and shows that the faith of Abraham and of all true believers is substantially the same and is varied only by the difference of the truths made known. From Barnes, New Testament Notes. Mr. Barnes said three things we really want to examine. First, faith now is belief in God just so far as he has revealed his will to us. It is therefore the same in principle, though it may have reference to different objects. It is confidence in the same God according to what we know of his will. Notice that this passage does not say that we fully know God's will. The first sentence tells us, Faith now is belief in God just so far as he has revealed his will to us. We further find out that God's will is therefore the same in principle, though it may have reference to different objects, meaning that God's will for you is not necessarily the same as God's will for me. This is despite the fact there may be one or more close similarities. All of us depend on a confidence in the same God according to what we know of his will. There is that limiting knowledge of God's will that we all have. None of us know God's full will. Even Scripture says that Jesus, like us, has no idea when God will send him here to take us home to heaven. However, we do know from what God has revealed in Scripture that time is not far away anymore. However long these present days may be, we are in the last days. The main or leading truths that God had made known to us are that he has given his son to die, that he has raised him up, and that through him he is ready to pardon. To put confidence in these truths is to believe now. Doing this, we believe in the same God that Abraham did. We evince the same spirit 
and thus show that we are the friends of the same God and may be treated in the same manner. In this comment, this statement is to be strongly noted. The main or leading truths that God had made known to us are that he has given his son to die, that he has raised him up, and that through him he is ready to pardon. This is for this age. When the age of pardon closes, it will be like the parable of the ten virgins, where five were ready and five were not ready. Which group of five do you want to be like? Commentary told us, This is faith under the gospel, and shows that the faith of Abraham and of all true believers is substantially the same and is varied only by the difference of the truths made known. In this comment, the first half of this statement is important to examine. It reads, This is faith under the gospel and shows that the faith of Abraham and of all true believers is substantially the same. Notice, there is only one faith in God. You do not have yours, and I do not have mine. We all have the same faith. The difference is in the degree of faith any one individual has developed in themselves. I have more faith than someone else. Yet, there may well be someone out there with more faith than me. This is where the differences in faith are commonly found. Your faith and my faith are of the same source, but are found to be in different degrees or different amounts. In other words, what differs is how much faith we personally possess. The amount of faith a person possesses is how we are all different. Our last verse. He was given over because of our transgressions and was raised for the sake of our justification. Let us examine how this works out in our lives. Who was delivered to death for our offenses on account of our crimes? He was delivered up to death in order to make expiation for our sins, and was raised again from the dead. From Barnes' New Testament notes. That describes Christ's sacrifice for us while yet sinners. Further, we should note, for our justification, in order that we may be justified, the word Justification here seems to be used in a large sense to denote acceptance with God, including not merely the formal act by which God pardons sins and by which we become reconciled to Him, but also the completion of the work, the treatment of us as righteous, and raising us up to a state of glory. By the death of Christ, an atonement is made for sin. 
if it be asked how this resurrection contributes to our acceptance with God, we may answer, 1. It rendered his work complete. His death would have been unavailing. His work would have been imperfect if he had not been raised up from the dead. He submitted to death as a sacrifice, and it was needful that he should rise and thus conquer death and subdue our enemies, that the work which he had undertaken might be complete. 2. His resurrection was a proof that his work was accepted by the Father. What he had done in order that sinners might be saved was approved. Our justification, therefore, becomes sure, as it was for this that he had given himself up to death. From Barnes' New Testament Notes. Our second point is worth reading again. It is the crux of the study point, meaning the essential point requiring our resolution in our life. His resurrection was a proof that his work was accepted by the Father. What he had done in order that sinners might be saved was approved. Our justification, therefore, becomes sure, as it was for this that he had given himself up to death. Our third point in closing is, His resurrection is the mainspring of all our hopes and of all our efforts to be saved. Life and immortality are thus brought to light. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. God hath begotten us again to a lively hope, a living, active, real hope, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Thus, the fact that he was raised becomes the ground of hope that we shall be raised and accepted of God. The fact that he was raised and that all who love him shall be raised also becomes one of the most efficient motives to us to seek to be justified and saved. There is no higher motive that can be presented to induce man to seek salvation than the fact that he may be raised up from death and the grave and made immortal. There is no satisfactory proof that man can be thus raised up but the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In that resurrection, we have a pledge that all his people will rise. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14. Because I live, said the Redeemer, you shall live also. From Barnes, New Testament Notes. Specifically note this portion spoken by Mr. Barnes. 
the fact that he was raised and that all who love him shall be raised also becomes one of the most efficient motives to us to seek to be justified and saved. There is no higher motive that can be presented to induce man to seek salvation than the fact that he may be raised up from death and the grave and made immortal. There is no satisfactory proof that man can thus be raised up but the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In that resurrection, we have a pledge that all his people will rise. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14. Notice how this opened. The fact that he was raised and that all who love him shall be raised also becomes one of the most efficient motives to us to seek to be justified and saved. That should say it all about our desire to be saved. Yet so many will say no to salvation. Now, if you did not understand this podcast or the larger portion of this series, at least concentrate on the passage by Mr. Barnes. There is no higher motive that can be presented to induce man to seek salvation than the fact that he may be raised up from death and the grave and made immortal. There is no satisfactory proof that man can thus be raised up but the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In that resurrection, we have a pledge that all his people will rise. For those who seek proof and will not accept salvation in Christ without proof, remember what Mr. Barnes said. There is no satisfactory proof that man can be raised up but the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Next week, we start a new series. It is titled, The Expectation of Justification, Part 1. Notice this first portion in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, the first part of a larger statement, when we get to it. Not only this, but we also rejoice in sufferings, knowing that suffering produces... Sufferings are a good thing? Sufferings actually produce something? Where is this going? To find out more, join us next week. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts. Or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach 
presented by the Church of the Unchurched, an all-electronic, Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. Find our website at https colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot o r g. Please type the church of the unchurched as a single word with no hyphens or spaces in unchurched. Also, because we are on a very secure European server, be sure you type the lead HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash as it is required. Be sure you include it in any bookmark you make. This will prevent security load errors. Our site is mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant. Our site also has links to many of our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item. We are found on podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify, to name a few. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, East Coast Time, USA. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans chapter 8 verses 38 through 39. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.